a big point in Minnesota, some help on the out-of-town scoreboard, and a juicy little soundbite regarding Eichel and the Sabres rivalry. Is that is getting a little uh, fiery again. We'll get to all of that here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Sneaky Joe DiBiase, thanks for tuning into today's show at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter at Locked On Sabres for the podcast account. And if you would like to get a hold of the show, you can either do that on either one of those Twitter handles or you can send a comment or a question into the show via our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. Go to YouTube. Type in Lockdown Sabres, easiest way to get a hold of us, and we're right there. All our videos, all of our uh, playoff updates, I have a video up there from uh, a few weeks ago about the Capitals and the Panthers in terms of a playoff threat, uh, many episodes about the Penguins, and of course about everything that's going on right now with the Sabres. A lot to get to on today's show. We've got a game against the Wild to recap for you. Uh, I got some thoughts on that. We've got some injury updates from Sabres practice on Monday. Some out-of-town help on the NHL scoreboard in the last couple of days. So we'll discuss what's going on with the teams around Buffalo when we get to the hunt, uh, our newest feature, uh, talking about the playoff race. And then... Talk a little bit about some Jack Eichel hate watching. We might get back into that just a little bit. The Golden Knights are making things interesting for wanting to hate watch Eichel and the Golden Knights. So we'll tell you what's going on there. A juicy little soundbite from Elliot Friedman uh, on Eichel and the Sabres that it's, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it might just it might make you smile. So stick around for the last segment of today's show if you are interested in hearing that. So all of that is coming your way. I do want to start, though, with the loss to Minnesota. It's a 3-2 loss in a shootout on the road. No Cousins, no Samuelson. The Sabres dominated Minnesota for stretches of this game. They came out. Just ahead in some of the stats and shots on goal, Corsi four percentage of shot attempts. They came out at five on five. What they came out 49 to 42. So nice, you know, a nice advantage, but nothing crazy. It's arguable that the Sabres were the better team at the end of a long road trip without two of their best players. And they almost, they almost won it. They took a shootout to beat them. And I'm feeling pretty good about that game. I think fans are feeling pretty good about that game. You know, when you put things into a larger picture, you can feel good about it. The Sabres got seven points out of a possible eight on that road trip. I mean, beautiful. If they do that every time going forward the rest of the way, they'll make the playoffs easily. So they played well in the game. They had built-in excuses for getting dominated. They didn't. They got seven of eight on the road trip. So you got your point. And, as I'm going to talk about later, they gained a point on a couple of different teams. So, I thought it was a big point. You know, fans are globbing on to, some are, Ukapeka Lukanen in the shootout. Lukanen had a pretty solid game, but he did give up uh, all three goals in the shootout uh, that he saw. 
And the Sabres had Tage Thompson score on a very nice goal. They were not able to score their second. Uh, Jack Quinn was not. So, you get a win by Minnesota. Zedon Lukanen, I'm not really too worried about it. A lot of Robin Leonard comparisons because Robin Leonard would never stop anything in the shootout. But remember, that's pre-three-on-three overtime, a lot of that. So, Leonard faced a lot more shootouts than Lukanen does. To me, it's not really a part of the evaluation. I don't care. When it comes to deciding what these guys are. Sure, every point in the standings matters. But how many points are on the line with a shootout every year now? That was the Sabres' second shootout of the season. So, what, will they have one more? Two more tops? We're talking three, four shootouts a season. Not anything to worry about, in my opinion. It's possible Sabres don't have a shootout the rest of the year. And if you're a team that starts getting to the playoffs, then... You obviously don't worry about those there. But Luka, and otherwise, he had a really strong game. He turned, turned away 33 of 35 shots on goal. Um, 943 save percentage, exactly what you're looking for in that game from him. Otherwise, and also remember Samuelson not playing. I did think the Sabres blue line played pretty well, though. They kept a lot of those shot attempts to the outside. Uh, big minutes by Owen Power, who played 28 minutes in this game. Darlene played 26 minutes. Yoki Haru played 25 minutes. They really ran those three in a big way. Uh, I also thought, by the way, little shout out to Kale Clegg. I like Kale Clegg. He makes a lot of nice, smooth moves. There was one play in the second period where he's being pressured by a forward, and he had no defense partner. I think he was out there with Darlene, and Darlene had jumped up into the play in the offensive zone. So Clegg is back in his own end. He's got two four checkers. Uh, one is going to the side, and the other one's coming right at him. And Clegg does not really have an outlet. He could ice it, but instead what he does is he just slams on the brakes with a with a great, great edge work skating, and he's able to get around the first four checker and then get it out to neutral ice where he then makes a pass across the ice to an open man. And that, that was just one small play in the second period that Clegg makes a lot of that I noticed. These little plays that he does the right way. He doesn't turn over the puck a lot. He's not all that flashy. He's not very physical. He's not the most athletic defenseman you've ever seen. But I have an appreciation for a guy who's got a really high hockey IQ that understands spacing and understands pat, uh, where to put a pass. Um, and I feel like Clegg is very good at a lot of those. Good at feeling pressure, good at understanding spacing, good at knowing where to put, to pass the puck at all times. I, I feel like upstairs, he's got it. You know, the physical attributes, maybe that's what's lacking a little bit to prevent him from being like a regular NHL defenseman. I like him as the Sabres' seventh defenseman, though. I would not send him back down. I'm very impressed that they were uh, willing to send Casey Fitzgerald through waivers earlier in the season and lose him for nothing in favor of Clegg. So I like him 18 minutes in this game. He played more than Jacob Bryson. He played more than Ilya Labushin. I might start campaigning. You know, the more he plays and looks good, I might start campaigning for Clegg to play over Jacob Bryson. Our goat head of the night from the Sabres two, uh, three, two loss to the Minnesota wild to fall to 26, 19 and four on the season. I am going to give our goat head of the night for the game's MVP on the Sabres too. Peyton Krebs. I thought Krebs was unbelievable in this game, driving the Oposo and Jurgensen's line on a night where the Sabres did not get a lot of offense from their top line in Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner. Krebs solely on his own created that goal by Zemgis Jurgensen's in the second period. I mean, 
just the fortune chip and chase to beat the defenseman in to the corner to get the puck, to retrieve the puck, to outfight a defenseman that's probably got three, four inches and 50 pounds on him. He wrestles it away from him. He gets himself into some space and he makes the pass that creates the play to Zemgus Gergensen's. It goes from Krebs to Poso to Gergensen's uh, for the goal. So it's a secondary assist, but that is one of those secondary assists that that really is like you earned it. You earned it. It's not you made a pass in the off the uh, defensive zone. Two guys went down and did all, all of it themselves. Krebs created that goal, and it wasn't just that goal. All night he was frustrating the Wild. He was playing physical. He is a vi- he has surprised me as much as anybody this season, and it's not in terms of stats and numbers. You know, like Thompson has stunned me, and who else? Um, I wouldn't say Olsen. Middle status surprised me a little bit. The guy who surprised me the most, though, anyways, is Krebs next to Thompson because he's playing well this season. He really is. And he's doing it in a completely different role than we would have guessed he was going to do. He has really become the Sabre shutdown center right next to Dylan Cousins. And he's playing at three on three now. He is being trusted as a responsible two-way centerman. And he's a very good creator. He's a great playmaker. He doesn't have a great shot, but it's okay. The passing is really what makes him dangerous, and the, the speed is making him dangerous in the offensive zone. But I have just been thoroughly surprised and impressed at how well he has been in the defensive zone this year in neutral ice at forcing turnovers, uh, playing physical when he needs to. I just think all of that two-way stuff Krebs has been thriving at. By the way, he led the Sabres in this game with an 85% expected goals for rate. Again, for someone that's not that up on uh, advanced numbers, essentially for every goal that goes in, the way he played in that game, you'd expect 85% of the goals to go in uh, Krebs uh, when Krebs on the ice playing like that for you. The Sabres, by the way, while Krebs was on the ice in this game, did not allow a shot on goal at five on five. So in the 13 minutes and 34 seconds that Krebs was on the ice, 13 minutes and 34 seconds, it's a solid chunk of time, even strength ice time for Krebs. The wild had zero shots on goal. Uh, speaks to his puck possession skills, defensive zone skills. Krebs is our goat head of the night. We will take a timeout here. When we come back, we've got some updates from practice for you that are interesting injury-wise with the All-Star game coming up. So we'll get to that if you're wondering about Cousins and Samuelson especially and also another guy. Then we'll get to the hunt. What happened to the Penguins? What happened to the Capitals? Where are the standings at the moment? We'll let you know that before we get to some Eichel stuff a little bit later on in today's show. All ahead here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. AG1, you either get the drops or you get the shakes. The shakes are easy to make. They don't taste delicious. And you are getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still 
tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you could do every single day to take great care of yourself. Again, the shakes are easy to make. You know, you could just throw the powder in with some ice uh, and a little bit of water or almond milk, and then you throw it in your blender. Tastes great. Or again, little droplets right into your water or coffee, and you won't even notice that it's there. To make it easy, right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which is big in these winter months without much sun. We've had like two days of sun in the last month here in Buffalo. And they're also going to give you five free travel packs to take on the go with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Some updates on the injury front uh, for you from uh, Monday's practice at Harbor Center. The Sabres are finally back home. And by the way, they're finally practicing. This is Don Granato, if you haven't seen this, has not been practicing all month. It's another testament to how great a coach and forward thinking that I think Granato is. The Sabres had the busiest month of the year. The rescheduled games they played, they were playing four games every week. And that is a jam-packed schedule. Granado decided, I'm not going to worry about practice. My priority right now is to keep these guys fresh. Keep their legs moving uh, so that in the games, they're not dead tired by the third period. I'm not going to waste any of their energy that they have for this month in practice. So, the Sabres have practiced since January 9th twice like full full speed uh not not uh, optional practices twice this was their third this was their third practice in a month again how many coaches would do that i know john tortorella wouldn't do that i know a lot of other old school coaches wouldn't do that maybe more and more we're getting some that would granado did not i love it tage thompson not at practice on Monday, he Monday he was there wearing street clothes, but he was not there uh, in practice capacity. He was not on the ice, so it's a it's a maintenance day, whatever you want to call it. But the Sabers say he is dealing with an upper body injury. Um, Don Granado, though, did say that he's fairly certain that Thompson will practice tomorrow. I was beginning to wonder: Are the Sabers already getting Thompson ready to miss the All Star game? They're so jam-packed together. Do they really want him flying to Florida if he's dealing with something that's nagging him? Uh, The skills competition, the games, like what's the point? Let's give him some extra rest. But if he's going to practice Tuesday and play on Wednesday, my guess is he'll go to the All-Star game. So he's probably going to the All-Star game. Plus, you know, first-time All-Star, cool experience. It's not like he's a Sidney Crosby um, or a Novechkin who could skip it because they've been a million times. Although Crosby funny he's not been there a million times he's only been there like four times in his entire career he always skips it but anyways so fairly certain thompson practices on tuesday which means he probably plays on wednesday shouldn't be a big worry there how about matias samuelson and dylan cousins samuelson has missed the last two games cousins missed saturday's game in minnesota they were both on the ice that is big notable back at practice dylan cousins and matias samuelson so I expect them to play on Wednesday. We'll see. Granado said that they could have played against Minnesota, but he and Adams, they decided, you know what? 
all these games in tight. We got a couple of days here in between Minnesota and home against Carolina. Let's give them an extra day of rest. So that's what they did. And in turn, I would expect them to play against Carolina. Big game that we'll preview on uh, on Wednesday. All right. So that's what's going on at practice. The hunt. Time for the hunt. Is the Sabres hunt down Penguins and Capitals. Two big results over the weekend that helped Buffalo. So they got their point against Minnesota. They gained a point on both Pittsburgh and Washington without playing any more games than they did, without making up those games in hand. So that happens because Pittsburgh lost in regulation 6-4 to four to the San Jose Sharks on Saturday. A big result. San Jose is not a very good team. They were playing their backup goaltender, and they were able to get that win over Pittsburgh. They were a big underdog in that game, too. So that's a huge result for the Sabres. And they now sit one measly point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for a playoff spot. I'll throw the standings up actually right now on our YouTube channel uh, so that uh, our watchers, our viewers can can see. So there you'll see it. Pittsburgh, 57 points in 49 games. The Sabres, 56 points in 49 games. Washington. Washington really is becoming, I think, the team to catch more and more. They lose in regulation 5-1 to one to the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday while you were probably watching football. The Capitals were playing the Leafs. They lost that game, 5-1. to one. So the Sabres now two points as they gain the one, two points behind Washington with three games in hand. They got to go one and two in those three games in hand to match Washington. And hypothetically, should they win all three of those games in hand, which they could do, they, they've been hot uh, at multiple times this year. If the Sabres were to win all three games in hand, we're talking about them being four points above Washington for a playoff spot. So those are going to be big games in hand that they'll make up at some point. Washington actually plays before the Sabres do next. Washington will play on Tuesday night at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, The Jackets are dead last in the Eastern Conference by 11 points. They are the worst team. It's not even close. But... Stranger things have happened. Again, I would have never expected San Jose to beat Pittsburgh, but it happened. So we'll see. Go Columbus. They are, Washington is minus 220 on the money line at uh, FanDuel. So they are a big favorite in that game, but we'll be rooting for the Capitals on Tuesday night. And it's a light sports week, so maybe you'll want to watch it. Uh, The one other thing about Pittsburgh that I'll mention here before we move on. The Penguins, by the way, are on a bye week. So they don't play until the 7th. They've they've got a week off here. Uh, They don't come back until after the All-Star break. So Sabres will go into the all-star break, actually playing one more game than Pittsburgh. But that also means just for our, our aesthetically Sabres win on Wednesday against Carolina. Sabres are above the Penguins. In fact, if they lose in overtime, they'd be above the Penguins because they'd have the tiebreaker uh, ROW. So one point and you're above Pittsburgh going into the all-star break. You could just look at the Sabres in its playoff spot for the next week. And a lot of hockey fans can do that. So big game on Wednesday. If you're just thinking about opening the website and seeing the Sabres in a spot, the Penguins are dealing with injuries. Most notably their starting goaltender, Tristan Jari Jari missed some time, came back, played a couple games. Now he's out again. He's day to day, but he's been dealing with this nagging injury. I talked to Tim Benz who covers the Penguins in Pittsburgh this morning on WGR. And his commentary was Jari just can't stay healthy. And he's not sure if he's going to be able to play a full workload of games without getting hurt the rest of the way that if that comes to fruition is huge because the Penguins, they need the goaltending and Casey just Smith, you know, 
not really living up to the hype of a two-year contract that he got in the offseason. I think actually his numbers on the year. He's at a 901. So actually it's not that bad, but it's far below his 912 save percentage for his career. So not having Jari, I think could be big. A lot of injuries all around the place. So Pittsburgh, you know, we'll see. Sabres have more than a they have plus 20 goal differential in the season, by the way. Pittsburgh's now at plus eight. So Penguins, Capitals, that's still the teams to watch. The Islanders got a win over the weekend over Vegas, but I'm not really too worried about them. They're one point back of the Sabres, and the Sabres have three games in hand. Florida got a win. They are now 54 points, two points back of the Sabres, but the Sabres have three games in hand on Florida. We'll take a timeout here. When we come back, we will get to this interesting soundbite about Jack Eichel that Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman talked about on Sportsnet. And also, we will uh, look at the Golden Knights just in general. Is it worth hate-watching them again at any point this year? And also the future. I got some thoughts on on the whole situation there in Vegas. That's ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. And we are brought to you by... FanDuel this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited to tell you about our new betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. FanDuel, and if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads, player props, who will score a touchdown, over-unders on passing yardage and, and rushing and whatnot. Hockey, of course, as well. I've had my shots on goal props that I've been telling you about that I've been liking the last couple of weeks. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sabres and Cat- Hurricanes is our next action Wednesday night. That's a TNT game, by the way. What's going on with Vegas? We haven't talked about Vegas in a while. You know what? Jack Eichel came to Buffalo, and he just toyed with us for, for two and a half hours. So we just kind of left it for dead right then and there. He won the battle. You know, I'm not saying that he won the war, but that he won the battle. Well, the war is back on. Jack Eichel is struggling and he's struggling in a big way talked about a couple was this a couple weeks ago or was it early last week that he got called out by his head coach Bruce Cassidy said publicly in the media we need more from this guy we need him to be a driver not to be a passenger he got called out by his head coach since then goose egg no points brutal and now They're on a stretch, Vegas, where they have lost seven of their last eight games. And in those eight games, Jack Eichel has zero goals and one assist. That's it. One assist in those eight games. And now, by the way, if you also are looking for some ammunition to troll the Golden Knights a little bit and Eichel, Chandler Stevenson got named to to the All-Star game. 
he's replacing Matty Beneers, who will not go for Seattle. Chandler Stevenson, he's a nice center. It's just funny. A center for the Vegas Golden Knights is going to the All-Star game, and it's not Jack Eichel. So there's that. Uh, so good for Stevenson, but whatever. Interesting comment from Elliot Friedman uh, and Jeff Merrick on uh, the Jeff Merrick Show on Sportsnet on Monday morning. Uh, it's a good podcast. I uh, encourage you to check it out after you're uh, you're done with us. Not too long of episodes. Jeff Merrick had a segment on his show with Friedman called Panic Meter. And the segment was about the Golden Knights and how, you know, they've lost, again, they've lost seven of their last eight. And as it stands today in the standings, they are in second in the Pacific, but they have 62 points. The first team out of the playoffs is Calgary with 57. And Calgary's got a game in hand. So they could only be three points out of missing the playoffs uh, by the time Calgary makes that game up. And comparisons being made to last year, that last year at this time, they were about looking in this good a shape. But they collapsed due in large part to injuries. But here come the injuries again. Mark Stone, that's the most important one. He's out, and he might be out for a long time. Zach Whitecloud on their blue line, he's out. Robin Leonard is out. He's been out all year, so they haven't been missing him. But he's out too. And Friedman on Eichel said, all the pressure in the world is on Jack right now. And quote, I can't imagine he hasn't noticed what's going on in Buffalo. He he is a guy that uses stuff like that as motivation. Well, maybe this time the motivation is actually harming him. And don't say, Sabre fans are going to love that. I'm not the most anti-Eichel guy in the world. I've definitely kind of come to the to that side after being a defender, I would say, when he first got traded. But how great is that? How 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 much do Sabre fans love hearing that? That it almost sounds like the Sabres are living rent-free in Jack Eichel's head. That he is watching what they're doing. And that he does know they're right about to make the playoffs and they're doing it without me. I left and they, they're going to make the playoffs immediately. Or, hell, make the playoffs before I do. And maybe that's causing him to grip his stick a little tighter, to try to do more than he should be. Maybe that's what's causing him to have only one point in the last eight games. Whatever it is, Friedman put put credence to the idea that he knows what's going on in Buffalo right now, and he's watching it. And I think Sabre fans probably love hearing th- that, that, that sound. Um I don't also think this is just for this year right now. Um, I think the Golden Knights are interesting going forward. Sinbin Dot Vegas, who is they they cover he covers all things Golden Knights. He's the best to me Golden Knights beat reporter out there, uh, and analyst as well. And he more and more lately has been talking about the future of the Golden Knights and where they are in their window. We talk a lot about windows when it comes to like the Bills, not that much the Sabres yet, but your Stanley Cup window. Are the Golden Knights in trouble long-term? And is their window closing? Eichel just got there. So it'd be hilarious if their window closes just as he gets there. But it kind of makes sense. So much of their core is old. It really is. When you look at, Key players on that team that are 30 years old or over. And this has become a young man's game. So when your core is made up of 30-year-olds, like you are, you're getting near the end. 30 years or old, older that are relied upon for big roles on that team. Mark Stone, 
number one name on that list. William Carlson, big time distributor down the middle. Jonathan Marshall, Riley Smith, Phil Kessel, if you wanted as a as a secondary score, but he's on a he's on a, a one year deal. Alex Petrangelo is huge for this. Thirty three years old. Alec Martinez at thirty five years old. Braden McNabb is now thirty two years old. That's how long he's been away from Buffalo. And Robin Leonard again, not with the team right now, but still their starting goaltender, or at least he's paid as such. And he is now thirty one years old. Look at all those thirty year olds. Mark Stone is thirty. And he's under contract until 2027. That one's probably fine. He's an elite player. William Carlson. He is 30 years old. And he has never been the same player since that first expansion year. He is under contract until 2027. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault. He's got one more year after this one. But he's 32. So next year he's tied up at $5 million. Riley Smith at 31 is under contract until 2025 at 31 years old. Uh, Alex Petrangelo at 33, still a great player for now. He's at 8.8 million until 2027. So he'll be 37 when that contract is still going. Uh, Alec Martinez, one more year at 5.25 million. Uh, Braden McNabb, two more years after this year at 32. Like almost, almost all these guys are tied up for multiple years, more than two in, in most cases. So all that money is tied up in guys that are going to begin to decline and they're not going to have an easy time replenishing those roles because elite prospects has them as the 21st ranked prospect pool. So I think they're in their winning window still. That doesn't mean they have to be next year. That doesn't have to mean they are the year after. And I don't actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure they're in their window right now. They could miss the playoffs. They could. I don't think it's completely impossible because the teams behind them, I would say all but one are legitimately good. I think Calgary's legitimately good. Colorado is behind them right now. They are great. I think they are legitimately great. Edmonton, I think, is legitimately good. LA is the one team. LA is third in the Pacific. I don't think LA is actually all that good. And they're tied with Vegas in the standings right now. So they just really got to beat LA and they should be fine. But last year, that's all they had to do and they didn't do it. So I'm not quite at hate watching their games just yet. But... They've lost one. They've lost seven of the last eight. If they do that again, or they go on another little losing skid here, and they start to fall into those wild card spots, and it gets to be like two, three, one point that they're only up in the playoff spot, then I'm gonna start probably doing a lot of what I did last year, which is staying up late and watching some Golden Knights and rooting against them. So that's all. Just wanted to let you know. Friedman thinks that the Sabers are living rent free in Eichel's head, and that he knows what's happening, and he. He sees what's happening at the very least, what I should say. So if you want to hear that clip, by the way, uh, check it out on my uh, Twitter feed at Sneaky Joe Sports. I tweeted it out from the Jeff Mary show a little bit earlier on. Um, again, they, they're a good podcast, too. So if you want to just listen to the whole thing yourself in more context, uh, it is a good conversation about Vegas and uh, all the pressure that Eichel is putting himself on that, he, that is on him right now in Vegas. And he's cracking under it. He's cracking under that pressure at, at, before our very eyes. All right, that's going to do it, though, for us today here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. So come back tomorrow. I'm going to try out a new segment. I love power rankings. Let's do it. Eastern Conference power rankings. I'm ready for it. I want to rank the Sabres where they are. And also, I'll give you where some other sites have them. The fourth period, I saw they had them very high in a power ranking ESPN. So tomorrow is going to be like a power rankings extravaganza. 
So come back for that tomorrow, and then we'll talk more about Sabres and Hurricanes matchup on Wednesday. Thanks for listening today here on the Locked on Sabres podcast and making us your first listen every day, and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Sabres.